Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how your cash flow can make you feel wealthier than you actually are. This is a fun topic and oh so relevant. So we're going to talk about the issue at hand. We're going to talk about how to identify the issue. And then we're going to talk about what's the solution. But before we get into that, Alex, what are you drinking today? Today, we're drinking the Oktoberfest Lager. It's from Silver City Brewing uh, over in Silverdale, Washington. And uh, it's obviously a lager. Clock's in at 6.2 and only 21 IBUs. You know, it has that classic Oktoberfest taste, which I'm trying to describe it. What, What is that taste it's just it's it's a simple clean like it's just a clean beer yeah it it doesn't have obviously pumpkin flavor in it but for whatever reason that's <laughs> just what i think of and I, I realize it doesn't right maybe it's just when you think of october fast you think of right pumpkins and whatnot maybe I, i'm the weirdo nobody that's just you no that's fair i am the weirdo um well, I'm one of the weirdos between the two of us. <laughs> but uh, you know, to Alex's point, it's a lager, right? So it it's 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 not like our IPAs, right? And I, I tend to like that IPA fuller body, fuller, right, a hoppier type of taste. For a lager, it's it's solid, right? For I'm not a big I'm not the biggest fan of lagers for the most part, which is why you're probably sensing a little bit of disdain, I guess, in, in my voice. But uh Oktoberfest always gets me excited. So uh, from from that standpoint and just being a lager, right, bottle cap, I'm probably going to give this a 7 out of 10. What about you? Uh, to me, I, I I don't love lagers. I love Oktoberfest beers. Uh, this is a good job. It's a good effort. I'm giving this a 9. Awesome. So definitely try them out. Silver City Brewery, Oktoberfest. You got, you, you know, it says Oktoberfest. You have to try it out if you're a beer drinker, right? So check them out. So, so let's get into the topic here, Alex. So cash flow can make you feel wealthier than you actually are. It can also make you look wealthier than you actually are. Oh, absolutely. There are so many people out there where they get a little bit of cash flow and like start splashing it around and with, with leverage and, and a little bit of cash flow, you can be really dangerous and look like a million bucks. And, and what's, I, I don't know who said this, so it's not this, you know, like many things in this on this podcast when it, when it comes <laughs> to quotes. I I don't think these things up. I'm not that smart, but I can regurgitate a lot of what I read and put it into practice. But someone said the two biggest addictions in America right now is cocaine and a monthly salary. <laughs> uh, it's a, yeah, it's an interesting quote. Um, and it hit me kind of over the head. I'm not sure those are the two biggest, but we're not going to debate that today. The analytic and Alex, everyone, obviously, for those of you listening to the show, know he wants to go down this rabbit hole. We're going to keep him on the same, (laughs) on the path that we need to be on. Thank you, buddy. The point of it is a hundred percent valid. And the point is, is when you're making a paycheck, yeah, it's very easy to spend the money and enjoy and like over enjoy life and what i mean by over enjoy life is spend too much yeah what and 
like the financial industry has actually come up with an acronym to describe a lot of these people. Um, and it's, it's called Henry, which is high income, not rich yet. High income earners. That's the E. I, sure. I've never seen spent Henry spelled out H I N, but you know, wherever you want to go with that, Alex. It's the French spelling. <laughs> Henry. Francais. <laughs> but I mean, Alex is right. High income earners, not rich yet, right? It's they make good money. They're not wealthy yet, meaning it hasn't landed on their balance sheet yet, right? It hasn't accumulated yet. Right. And a lot of them do end up becoming wealthy. And, and a lot, a lot of, them of them don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> because, and this is why I love that quote, you can get addicted to the money coming in the door. You can start making $400,000 a year and go buy the really nice brand new Audi. I'm trying to think the of the, the sport car that they've got the R. I think it's R class or whatever. Um, but anyways, they, you can go buy that. Got, they've got that super nice, like all electric sports car now. Yeah. Right. They can go spend, you know, six figures or double six figures, $250,000 on a car, go buy the million dollar home or a couple million dollar home, right? And they can keep up with the monthly rent, meaning the mortgage, the payments, right? The expenses that are involved with that lifestyle. The Joneses. The the issue may become at some point that lifestyle is going to go away because they're not going to have the assets behind them possibly to keep that lifestyle going. Well, and like one of the things that's challenging for that group is that they deal with lifestyle inflation. You deal with like creating decent amount of wealth, but as it relates to your income, it's a much smaller percentage because you're thinking about it in, in total terms, as opposed to, like relative terms or percentages. And so like, okay, yeah, if you're saving, if you're making 400 grand and you're saving 20 grand a year, like, okay, saving 20 grand a year is not a bad number. But when you're making 400 grand, like, okay, you're talking about saving 5%. And one of the things that we push our listeners and our clients and and folks to do is to become world-class savers and save 15 to 20%. I want to take that a step further, right? When you, and it doesn't even matter, you know, we, we're talking about high income earners, right? And everyone has a definition of high income, right? I don't care if you're making $100,000 or if you're making $999,000 or a million dollars, whatever that figure is, the cash flow coming in, in, the, in the door if you're spending all of it, right, and you're you're keeping up with the Joneses, if you will, it's the same issue with the hundred thousand dollar person and the seven figure income person. I would argue it's actually a bigger issue for the well, long term. It's a bigger issue for the seven figure, but in the end, it's still an issue for the person making six figures because they're not going to get a social security check of six figures. Right, right. So it's still the same issue as the cash flow, and. I think oftentimes it, it's it's not lack of knowledge from the same. I think I think most people walking this planet know if I spend every dollar I make, it's going to be very hard for me to live this lifestyle for the rest of my life. I, I don't think that's like 
I don't know. That's not financial literacy to me. Right. But at the same time, like, okay, you've got somebody who's making, you know, a million dollars a year and they're setting aside 50K a year. Like they're, you're going to think of 50K as a good amount of savings. And from a percentage standpoint, it's just not anywhere near enough. In both sides, a $100,000 person and the seven figure income person can still can still save a good chunk of money if they have, and in my opinion, the proper values and, and expectations in, in force. And what I mean by those two is how many people spend money frivolously? I know I did until I really know, knew like what it is I truly care about. And I don't think enough people actually sit down to do that. I think that's a big value add that a good advisor will bring. Well, I mean, let's, let's be honest, Ryan. I mean, to a certain extent, you and I, even though we have sat down and had some of these in-depth value conversations, we still spend money somewhat frivolously at times. We're better about it than most. Yeah. And what I, I guess what I'm getting at is we have, because you and I have established values, when we spend frivolously, it's not tapping into the 20% savings that we've already earmarked because of the values that we have in place. It's spending money frivolously because we made an extra 50 grand and we decided to take our family to Hawaii for two weeks. Right. Or right? whatever the circumstances are, but yeah, same, same type of a concept. And and so it's the savings rate. That's the important component here and avoiding things like lifestyle inflation, avoiding keeping up with the Joneses. Um, one of the things that has like just struck me as incredibly surprising over the years is when we start taking a look and digging into the stats and like, like anytime we start quoting statistics, like somebody's going to poke, a hole in it, right? Um, but the the numbers that we see consistently are that people in general haven't had more success with financial planning over the years. Like all of the different advances that we've had in the financial world haven't helped people have appreciably more success. And the really surprising thing is the larger your income, the larger your net worth does not actually equate to more success. They have right about the same success rate as folks with smaller, lower uh, incomes and net worths. And it's pretty consistent across low brackets, medium brackets, and high brackets, which is just downright scary. And you know where the major success comes from? The major success comes from, and I'm kind of jumping a little bit to the solution, not the main solution, but really the success is coming from financially successful people are successful because they continually and they consistently look at their finances. Yeah. Right. They they understand it and monitor it and manage it. They may not even under, like you could be funny. I'm sorry, but you can be financially successful. By just looking at your finances, making changes, and just saving more money, you'll be financially successful just by doing that. Now, could you be more financially successful by adding other pieces? 100%. But I'm just talking about simplistic terms here. Just being proactive about your finances is the biggest hurdle. <laughs> yeah. like that. 
like what you're jumping to is like really that the savings rate number. Uh, I mean, I alluded to earlier. I'm jumping. I mean, savings is a, is the result of the proactivity. Sure. Right. The, the savings is the result, the proactivity, like actually sitting down, like you and I have said this stat and we don't, we, I think it might've been Paul actually, but we don't know where, where this quote came from. But people spend more time planning their vacation in any, any given year than they do about their finances. Yeah, I've seen that quote probably a hundred times from different sources. That's scary. And we're not asking people to sit down, you know, every three months and do a four or five hour long. Like we're not looking, right? We're not looking at that. We're just talking about, do you even sit down like once a year? And review where you're at, what's happened good, bad, or indifferent, and then have some discussion on like, okay, is there anything that we need to change? Exactly. Now, that's where I think the success lies. To be clear, most of the time, if you've got it set up properly, the answer is don't change anything. Like we don't want to like, you know, chase returns or like cause extra turnover in portfolios or anything of that nature. But monitoring it and understanding where we're at and like modifying any behavior that we may need to change as a result um, or modifying expectations, those are that's kind of where we're at and what we're talking about. Yeah, so, and this is my fault, Alex. So I apologize. We've been kind of jumping all over the place here, right? So the issue at hand is being addicted to the, the salary, the income, right? And this lifestyle inflation comes into play. Lack of savings comes into play. And obviously financial financial planning success doesn't happen because of it, sure. right? So step number two is, okay, how do we identify the issue? And the easiest way that we've found to identify this is you're not getting ahead. You're feeling like you're stuck on this hamster wheel where you're making good income, but you might still have debt, whether it's student loans or credit cards or whatever else. You you're not seeing account balances go up in your in your checking and your savings and in your investments. Um, you're you're feeling like you're on a treadmill, not making any progress. Yeah, and the simplest way to look at this is add up your assets, subtract your liabilities, look at your net worth. If that net worth isn't going up, there's an issue. Yeah, and there's there's easy ways to go ahead and like Google or benchmark like your net worth based on your income, based on your age, things of that nature. Um, and, and like way too complex or complicated of an idea to try and like distill that down into a number to give a wide variety of people in our audience and answer. Um, but it's easy enough to but do the, out. do the exercise. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I hate rules of thumb because we're in the personal financial planning business, not the one size fits all financial planning business. I understand that people want to know and like maybe compare themselves as to where they should be. But at the same token, it's about you. What, what is it you're building? And the most simplistic way to look at that is, okay, what do we own in assets? What do we owe in debt? Subtract the two. And if you just did that once a year and see if that net worth is rising. Now, if it's only rising by a buck or two, right? Maybe there's some efficiency issues, but is it rising? And if it's not rising, if it's staying the same or going worse negative, you've got a major issue. 
Well, and like, I mean, heck, the easiest way to like benchmark something would be to try and figure out like, okay, what's the income in today's dollars that you want to have? And then multiply that number by 25. And that's the target that you're trying to get to. And then just make sure that you're going through that exercise on an annual basis, because that's essentially using the 4% distribution rule. It's the least efficient way of creating cash flow. But if you accomplish that, like almost whatever method you use, as long as you don't break that rule, you're going to be good in retirement. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to use a blanket statement like that. Sure. There's like extreme examples that could, could break that. But, uh, I mean, if you get to a point and now just look at it as a percentage, like, did you get higher up as a percentage on an annual basis? Right. And that's just looking at your finances once a year. I would argue maybe you should look at it more than that, but in its most simplistic (laughs) form, like if you did that, you are way ahead than most people. Let me put it that way. Oh, for sure. Which takes us to the to what's the solution, Alex? Number three here. Yeah, I mean the solution. Like I brought it up earlier, and that is savings rate. Like if you're able to save fifteen to twenty percent of your paycheck, that's going to be like I would love to say that working with you or I is the number one success factor. It's not. It's not working with a financial planner. It's not working with a financial advisor. It's not you know, getting the best possible rate of return, it's savings rate. Savings rate is going to what is going to be what dictates your success or your failure. Yeah, which again, I'm going to go back to what I was talking about earlier, like that proactivity of your finances is the step to take. And I know Alex threw out a number of 15 to 20%. Some of you listening might say, wow, I'm saving 5% or I'm saving 10%, you're asking me to double that. That doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it can, but oftentimes can't. But if you understand that step of proactivity, you're going to get to 15, 20% so much faster. Like just think of it from the standpoint of like many people are getting good raises right now. Yeah. And yes, inflation's up. So I'm going like, I'm already hearing either the Alex Collins of, of our listenership or, you know, some version of Ryan Burkle and Alex together here, right? While inflation's up and yes, you could say, okay, yeah, I know what you're about to say here, Ryan, your income is way up. So you, as long as your lifestyle doesn't creep up as that as much, now you can save more money while it's costing more to live right now. And yes, that's 100%, but you just took the step that allowed you to not take the full step up in income. You're not having your lifestyle inflated. Correct. That's the step to remember. Like if, if most people, like if you got out of school and you had to say, and you had to spend every penny, which most of us did, but then as your income went up, you only allowed your lifestyle to go up by 1% you'd probably be financially successful. For sure. There's tons of ways to go ahead and build up that savings rate. And for those folks who like, maybe you're living at home, maybe you have like a incredible deal on your rent or something of that nature, and you haven't yet bought your first place. 
and you're saving well in excess of 20%, well, that just means you're getting further and further and further ahead. And maybe you wind up like wanting to retire earlier or like other reasons. It doesn't mean that like you have to cut back your savings. It's it's just general rule of thumb of, hey, let's let's go ahead. Here's something for you to to know and work towards. And nothing replaces, as you said earlier, Ryan, that personalized financial planning of digging into your own situation and starting putting the numbers on paper for what you want your own life to look like. A hundred percent. So, so in summer here, guys, so not allowing our cash flow to <laughs> show or make us feel wealthier than we actually are is step number one. And step number two is identifying the situation. And that's just monitoring and having some sense of annual, at least annual look at your finances, which takes us to step number three. And really the solution is a proactivity in that savings rate, which takes us to the question of the day, Alex. Our question today is what is your plan to avoid being addicted to your salary? So head over to beerandmoney.net and there's a spot, spot to answer that question. If you have any questions or if this bubbled up any other questions, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to talk about it on the episode. As always, you probably hear this us say this all the time. The whole purpose of this podcast is to help you think differently about your money so that you can take action and live the life that you want. We hope this episode was valuable for you. And Mr. Collins. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License number 153-19412. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924 Alexander Collins AR Insurance License Number 7264699 CA Insurance License Number 0H24806
pinpoint number 2022-144-994, expiration October 2024.